Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We had a great conversation today with Kerry Knoll. He's the chairman of Generation Mining. If you're into green investing, this could be for you. They've got palladium, platinum, copper, and gold. Um, we talked through how they managed to pick up the project and how they're accelerating through to a 2021 feasibility study delivery. If you want our thoughts on the conversation, um, the plan, and indeed the company itself, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club, where you can also find detailed company reports. You can get commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of companies and commodities. Also, training videos to help you with your diligence process, summaries of other interviews that we've done to save you some time. And you can join a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, safe environment without trolling, abuse, or judgment. Wouldn't that be nice? So go and join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Hey, Kerry, how are you doing? Good, great, thanks. Well, thanks for coming on the show. First time we've uh, heard the story, first time we've spoken. Um, looking forward to this one. Palladium's a bit hot at the moment, isn't it? Yes, it's uh, had a good run. Had a very good run. So where in the world are you? I'm in British Columbia, Canada, central British Columbia. Oh, very good. Whereabouts? I, I, know, I, know, I know some of, some of the landmarks. Whereabouts? Just north of Kelowna, right on Lake Okanagan. Oh, beautiful. beautiful. Good wine there. Wine brand. Yes, we have, we're surrounded by wineries. There's a vineyard borders our property. It's nice. Good. The wine here has really improved even in the five years that we've been uh, living here. Yeah, it takes a bit of time, doesn't it? I, I, I occasionally um, have a little bit of Lebanese wine that's 900 years old. So I think you've got a ways to go. <laughs> yes, we were in Lebanon a few years ago. We were surprised to see there was some decent Lebanese wine. Well, you know the story during the war there, that both sides, they agreed, we do not go into this zone where all the vineyards were, have been for 900 years. They Both sides agreed that there was, there was uh, only certain places that they would actually engage. And so the wine was saved because of the history, I suspect. They, they, they had their priorities. They definitely did. They definitely did. Um, well, look, why don't you kick off and give us a one-minute overview of the business, and then I'll pick it up from there with some questions. Okay, so Generation Mining um, is a relatively new company. We were formed in 2018. Um, my partner in the in the in the business, Jamie Levy, who's the CEO, and I um, had a company called Pine Point Mining, which was taken over by Osisco Metals in 2018, and we spun out the exploration properties into Generation Mining. But we really went looking for the next big thing, and uh, we decided then that it was Palladium. And we started looking at palladium properties. And finally, in 2019, we were able to get the Marathon Project in Northern Ontario, which is the largest uh, undeveloped palladium project in North America. Okay, brilliant. Thanks for that. I mean, definitely hot. But looking at the spot price for palladium, well, I'm platinum, I guess, and copper and gold. You picked, uh, <laughs> you picked all the right commodities there. Um, so t tell me how it came about. Obviously, I know you were looking for it, but given the history, in fact, it might be worth you explaining the history of this as to you know, where the Marathon Project uh, first emanated from. Sure. So I, um, I was actually set foot on this property for the first time 35 years ago. Wow. Um, I was, I, I was uh, working on, uh, I, was a, I was a writer then, and I was working on the, uh, the big Hemlo Gold discovery, which is, is in Northern Ontario. And they, 
that's produced 25 million ounces. It's, it was a, it was a terrific discovery. And down the road from it, uh, there was an old copper showing that, um, that, uh, a junior company started drilling and, uh, found started and, and for the first time they assayed for palladium and they discovered it had some palladium but of course palladium in those days was two or three hundred dollars an ounce as was gold um uh, also but um nevertheless um uh, it was it was too low grade so they kept drilling and then another company had it and then another company had it and finally in by 2010 someone did a feasibility study on it and it was considered quite promising and an American company called Stillwater, which is the only palladium company um, in the United States, or was, um, they uh, bought it. They paid over $100 million for it in 2010. And they were getting ready to put it into production. And then they decided that the feasibility study needed some, some work. So they did another feasibility study, which concluded that it, at, at then $600 palladium, that this was not a mine. And it's still not a mine at $600 palladium. But... Um, so Stillwater um, put it on the shelf. Stillwater was acquired in 2017 by a company called Sabanier out of South Africa. And Sabanier took all of their development projects that they acquired with Stillwater and kept them on the shelf. They didn't do much work at all to advance them. And so we knocked on their door in late 2018 and said, look, you know, this, 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 we think the palladium price is set to rise and we had our, our reasons for that, and they agreed with us. They, in their history, had never, Sabanier had never built a mine, so they weren't looking at building this anytime soon, and they sold it to us. They sold it to 80%, well, a 51% interest initially, and then we've now earned uh, up to 80%. Okay, and it's interesting, actually, some pretty big names, I mean, Stillwater, you know, weren't too shabby, and Sabanier, you know, pretty pretty big company, and they've got a big track record, and, and Palladium, uh, generally, so I guess this interested them. Uh, what I what I can't understand is why they didn't move it forward. Did it just not move the needle for them? I think there was a variety of reasons at the time. Number one, it probably didn't move the needle for them. There are over three million ounces of precious metals a year they produce now. They're the largest platinum company in the world. Uh, they are, or arguably they're the first or second, anyways, and they're um, one of the largest palladium companies. They are the largest rhodium company in the world. So at the feasibility study level that had been done previously, this was looking around a 200,000 ounce producer. So for them to go into a country where they're not mining, I mean, I, 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 this is my speculation. I can't speak for their decision-making, but they, for them to go into a new country, build a mine, um, they would have to do probably another feasibility study. Then they would have to permit it. Then they would have to uh, build it uh, at the time when they, were, were a little tight for money. I know they did a financing in the middle of our negotiations for $120 million, I think. Um, uh, and then of course, things changed for them. The metal prices went way up and they're they're in a lot better shape than they were then. But um, I, I assume that it, A, didn't move the needle for them and B, they've, they've, they've announced over the years that they wanna grow by acquisition. They wanna buy producing mines. Um, uh, their president has said even recently that he's he's looking for you know a, a three four five billion dollar acquisition. So again, this is small for them. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, th that's kind of interesting to me. So you're suggesting that they probably won't take up the option of the additional thirty one percent, which is on the table at the moment. Okay, yeah, let me explain that. So they once we do a feasibility study and announce a production decision, they have the right for ninety days to buy 31% back. And to buy that, they have to put up 31% of the CapEx. 
which is a significant amount of money in the from our PEA numbers that's about 130 million dollars but if, if you look at the size we're looking at building the mine in the feasibility study it's it's significantly larger and therefore it's we're talking about probably around 200 million dollars for them to buy back 31 percent well our market cap is 110 million dollars and we own 80 percent so it would make a lot more sense if they were deciding to build this to buy us but I can't again speak for them. I, I can't say what they're planning to do, and 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 I, I don't think that they've even decided or thought about it too much because they want to see the feasibility study. But I guess what I'm trying to do is discount that as an option in my head. Discount it as an option of something which may happen down the line, right? Because you said they want to buy producers. That's what the chairman said. That's what they said. Right. And number one, and, and number two, um, if they want to do this. I, I suspect they're either going to walk away from it because it's not big enough for them, number one, or number two, they're, they, I think the other option would be there for them to buy us. But I, again, I, I cannot speak for them. So until, until uh, we see what they do, but they're going to have to make that decision sometime this spring. Right. So why why do you say that? Is that conditional? Well, they have 90 days after we make a production decision. Got it. We're going to make that decision shortly after the uh, feasibility study is released, and that's about five weeks from now. Okay, well, okay, that's 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 new news for me. Um, so five six weeks from now, feasibility comes out. You're gonna you'll be making some kind of decision. Okay, so do you have the option to buy them back out? No, no. Why we do they- have a uh, we have a, a right of first offer, uh, but it's it's uh, no, we don't have the right to just buy them out. So they, they may opt to participate with their 20%. But that doesn't seem to fit the pattern of what's been stated, as you said. No. Right. No. Okay, interesting. So at some point there may be a conversation. Maybe. I you can't speak for them. <laughs> okay, right. Okay, so so you've... Well, I've read some of that actually there have been three feasibility studies done by um, Stillwater. So was that on across different properties or was it we talking specifically Marathon? No. All, all on the Marathon main deposit. So the right. first two were actually done by a company called Marathon PGM in 2008. And then they redid it in 2010 when prices were a little bit better. They did it, the first one, just before the crash in 08. And then and then when things were looking pretty rosy in 2010, they, they updated it because they had done a lot more drilling and, and made it actually larger. And then, um, and then they got taken over. And then in 2014 is when Stillwater did their one study. Uh, which was never released and has to this day has never been released. I mean, we have it, but it's it was never put uh, out to the public. Right, and hence, hence that again, just asked a lot of questions sent in. So, hence you decided to go back and do a PEA because there's a bit more data, the report which hadn't been released, and you felt it was better to kind of step back and get a firmer understanding for you guys. So, so there was some question in 2014 when Stillwater had it about the resource being valid or not. Um, we don't really understand that. So we decided when we got the property to go back to the original drill results and start all over and redo the resource. And our numbers came in very close to the original ones. So so the, the resource was valid. That was number one. Um, number two, we decided to do a PEA because we wanted to figure out uh, a couple of things. One is, is can we build this smaller? Because they were looking at 9 million tons a year we thought, well, we're a junior company, um, you know, 
we would like to, does it work at 5 million tons a year? And, and, and it did, it worked beautifully. Um, but uh, so, so we were hearing loud and clear from some of our investors that we wanted to keep the CapEx down to a manageable level. But that was still when, when Palladium was, was, had a, a two-year trailing average price of $12.75 an ounce. Well, Palladium is, as you know, well over $2,000 an ounce. And therefore, a larger CapEx doesn't look quite as scary today as it, as it did a year ago. So um, we decided to look at, for our feasibility study, we went back and looked at all the different sizes and, and what size does this, what is the best economic return? And it turns out that's closer to 9 million tons a year. So that's, we haven't finalized the number yet. It, 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 we're in the process of doing a few, few more trade-off studies, but um, we're very close to it. And it is going to be significantly more than the 5 million tons a year. And just so people know if they're looking at tons per day, uh, 5 million tons a year is 14,000 tons a day and 9 million tons is about 25,000 tons a day. So that's what we're, we're looking at. Okay. When you've done that feasibility study, what do you do next? Are you, do you follow convention and you go, let's get a bankable feasibility study done? Or you think at that point, we've got enough to actually go and have conversations about seeing who will finance this, how this thing gets financed at even so, 9 million tons. So, so this is a bankable feasibility study that we're doing. Right, sorry. Um, technically, because of the mining regulations in Canada, we're not allowed to use that word bankable, even though some people do. Um, because there's no technical definition of what a bankable study is. But this is a bankable study. It's done by, the lead on it is a company called G-Mining, who is famous. They built uh, uh, Osisco's Malartic Mine. They built Lundin Gold's Fruta del Nor Mine. Um, They've built big mines, open pit mines all over the world. So, um, and we decided to to go with them because they're, they're regarded as one of the best. Um, and also Drew, our chief operating officer, had a good relationship with them, having worked with them on the expansion of Detour Lake um, a few years back when he was um, he was uh, a senior executive at, at uh, Detour Gold. Right. So, so what's making this? Obviously, prices, metal prices have increased and certainly all the ones that you're uh, talking about have, have increased. But what are the other components? So you, talk, you mentioned open pitable there. I mean, that's obviously going to save a, a little bit of money too. But how meaningful is it when it comes to what you're doing? Well, open pit is important um, for a couple of reasons, but the main one being time. If you look at time in being money, um, the underground uh, projects, uh, Platte Reef uh, Freelands Company has a beautiful deposit in South Africa, and they've been trying to get at it for five years, um, shaft sinking. They haven't really announced even when they're going into production yet. Um, it's just a long timeline. Uh, Platinum Group Metals, another company with a, a great deposit in South Africa. They're talking about six or seven years once they start to getting in, into full production. Well, we can get into production in less than two years after we start construction, as little as 18 months. And that's the, that's the benefit of having an open pit because the material is, is right on surface. It comes to surface. So we will... We, we believe that we will be in full production in this cycle, which, and I don't believe there's another palladium mine anywhere in the world that can say that. Yeah. So you, you asked what, what is next after the feasibility study? So there's, there's two main components. The, the, the number one being permitting. Um, so let me talk a little bit about permitting. Fortunately for us, the previous owner, Stillwater, 
did two years and spent a lot of money permitting. They did all the studies. They did a lot of work. And that's all money in the bank that we don't have to redo. We have to update it. And so we're taking their 32,000 pages of files and updating them. And um, we're almost finished that process. We're going to be finished that hopefully by the end of February. And at that point, we submit to the government. And um, there's many different permitting methods in Canada. It's, 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 it's a quite a complicated business here. We're in something called a joint panel review, which is a, a review of an independent panel appointed by the federal government and the provincial government called joint panel review. And they have 271 days to review this document once we get it. And at that point, they make a recommendation to the, to the two ministers, federally and provincially, and say whether this project should go ahead or not. And they look at everything from, you know, the environment to community relations, to um, the benefits to the world of this, of this product. They look at everything right. and make a recommendation. Okay, so that that's all the when you say local local communities, you're talking about First Nations, local towns. First Nations and local towns. Okay, okay, fine. So that's environmental wrapped into one. I just want to say I did mean to before we go on too far is with regards to when you've got a kind of polymetallics, the metallurgy becomes really, really important to understand. So, you know, what's been done today, what more has got to be done in terms of optimizing recoveries um, from from the you know open pit. Okay, so we, um, there has been a tremendous amount of metallurgy work done on this project. But as you clearly know, um, it's, it's almost never totally done. And so when we reviewed this, um, we used the metallurgy from the previous feasibility study in our PEA a year ago, but then we brought on a fellow by the name of Steve Haggerty. And Steve was the a metallurgist and he was vice president of operational support for many years at Barrick. So, you know, worldwide experience and, and a terrific metallurgist. And he, he reviewed everything and he thought, you know, this metallurgy that you have in there is going to be a really difficult mill to operate because they're, they're, they're grinding the material so fine, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause some problems. So is there a way around this? Is there anything else we can do? So we looked at all sorts of things. Um, Steve came back with two big recommendations right from the get-go. One was that we... Um, um, we look at the reagent selection. Reagents are, are something that uh, chemicals that you put in with the ground ground up ore to make it float the minerals float better. And uh, he went to the companies that make these and research these and supply these and found that they had have improved them since the last feasibility study. And so we tried some some of the different chemicals and lo and behold they work better. Um, the other thing he looked at was introducing something called a flotation reactor, which is um, it, it's just flotation is the main way you get metals out of ore other than gold. Um, so flotation is, 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 is a technology that's been around for well over a hundred years and it hardly changed other than reagents changing. It hardly changed in a hundred years until these guys, uh, Canadians, uh, came along in about 2010 and started experimenting with new ways to do it and came up with this flotation reactor, which we are introducing to our project. Now this, we're not it's not brand new technology. There's, it, it's being used by Ballet, it's being used by BHP, it's being used by uh, Freeport. Um, it's, and it's in 200 mines now all over the world. It's been, been around commercially for about seven or eight years now. And we have the advantage, and, and a lot of mines are actually now replacing their old flotation with this new stuff because you get better recoveries. 
and it uses less energy. So there's there's a number of, of benefits from it. So we 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 did we did those two trade offs. We discovered that we can go with a much larger grind size. So a that saves us money milling, and b it's easier to handle, and c um, uh, we're able to get better recoveries by using this new technology. So our recoveries have gone from eighty three percent on platinum, or sorry palladium to um, about eighty seven percent and ninety up to now to 93% on copper. Right, So, because you, you guys have to optimize it for whichever commodity is going to give you the biggest return. So you, you've got choices to make there. Obviously, the focus right now, palladium, t- totally makes sense. Copper makes sense because you've got a lot of it. Because, I mean, the gold component is relatively insignificant, you know, right. by, by, as, a, as a byproduct and, you know, to, to a degree, so is, the, so is platinum. So you, you've got to, there's a process of working out the economics. and. As the market changes, are you able to adapt and change, or is once once the flow sheet's been agreed, that's how it works? No, that's going to be how it works. But um, the the thing is, is is originally they were looking at this as a copper project with a palladium credit. We're looking at it as a palladium project with a copper credit, and and as well as the other metals. So no, the flow sheet won't change. But what will change, and what's interesting, uh, is the way that we've scheduled the mine. Um, The southern part of the the main deposit, which is called the W Horizon, has got higher grade palladium and lower grade copper. So we think that the price of the metal, uh, palladium, is going to be strong for several years. But at some point, as electric cars get more popular, it will start to fade. But then you're going to need a lot more copper. So we're focusing on starting with the high-grade palladium and through the mine life, um, going to the high-grade copper at the end of the mine life. That, that's what I was getting to, because I mean, you've got to adapt to the market, right? Yes. Not every ore body lets you do that, but this one does. In- interesting. Are there any other kind of little, uh, other things that you've been looking at just in terms of optimizing what you've got? Because it's, it's quite a big land package, right? You've kind of got various sites that you could tackle in any particular order you want? Well, we have uh, three deposits, known deposits on the property, um, and we're only focusing on one of them right now because the other two are smaller and had no permitting work. So had we wanted to include those in the feasibility study, it would have been uh, delayed at probably a year to two years. So we decided not to do that because uh, we've got a pretty good mine life with the main deposit. That said, we continue to explore. And the, the reason, the main reason we're continuing to explore is that um, this is this deposit is is our and our PEA is a 1.24 grams palladium equivalent per ton, which is favorable compared to a lot of these open pit gold deposits, which can be as low as 0.08 grams or 0.09 grams. It's it, we're a little higher grade, but still we're on the low end of the grades in, ter- in terms of worldwide. So um, we are looking for high grade. So we continue to drill. Uh, we will, uh, if, if we can get a drill this summer or this winter, we're gonna be drilling and we're certainly gonna be drilling some more uh, this summer. Um, there was a rock found on this property a few years ago that graded almost 200 grams palladium per ton, as well as 9% copper. And it came from somewhere. And we don't know where it came from, but we're looking. Because if you can find a small, even if it's a small, very rich underground or body to supplement the, the lower grade open pit, you're gonna you're gonna do even better. And so we're looking. 
Um, we haven't found it yet. We have found some pretty decent underground grades, the, the certainly grades that are comparable to the only other palladium mine in Canada, which is Lactazil, which runs around 2.3 grams underground mining. Um, we've been getting some grades as high as five and six grams uh, uh, palladium equivalent underground. So, um, but th those are not going to be part of the feasibility study. Those are those are for, for for the future. Right. So, how does this thing get financed? Because the as you already stated, the market's changing somewhat. Obviously, EV revolution. Uh, you know, it, it's it it's driving at the commodities for you know ba battery. Uh, you know, the lithiums, the coppers, the nickels of, of this world. But there's also a thematic for cleaner, greener investing generally. So you finding people are coming to you? Because I mean, yes. the, cause the strange thing is you, you've got some pretty big numbers now. The copper number, huge, you're over a billion pounds. Palladium number is big, yeah, you know, but your 100 million market cap company, is it, what, what are people missing? Well, I don't. No, 100%. But one of the things I suspect is that we don't have a feasibility study yet. And I think that they want people want to see that validated. Um, that's probably number one. Um, number two is, yes, they're probably questioning whether we have the ability to build it. And um, we, we will have our work cut out for us on financing, but we also think we're capable of it. So there's, there's so many different ways to finance mines these days. We're talking with, for example, a smelter. Uh, international smelting company that is talking about possibly loaning us 60% of the money to, to build this mine. We're talking with um, um, streaming companies and they have been, um, a couple of them have been fairly aggressive talking to us and um, there's no royalty on this deposit. So um, streaming is a very, very positive way of financing. We're looking at possibly streaming the gold and the platinum and keeping the copper and the palladium for ourselves. You know, those are those are some different options. So we could we could add a big component. So there's debt, there's streaming, there's obviously equity, and um, there's also partners. We are talking with some potential partners. That's not our preferred route, but that is also an option that could be on the table. And there's some private equity companies that have kept in touch with us throughout this whole process. Um, so we have a lot of different options. Um, and then, of course, we may be acquired. Um, that's not our preference. Our preference is, is to, to build this because we think it'll be worth a lot more money for our shareholders built. Um, the only other palladium mine in Canada was called Lac des Ills, and it was acquired by Impala for a billion dollars, Canadian dollars, um, in 2000, and I'm saying 18 or 19. Um, it was acquired. Um, uh, it's about 200,000 ounces a year. It had a seven-year mine life left, and palladium was at $1,500 an ounce when they acquired it. So that had to be 2019. So um, if it, if that was worth a billion dollars at $1,500 palladium, I think uh, built mine by us, uh, larger, much longer mine life, state-of-the-art equipment would be worth probably $2 billion um, to the market. So if we can build this, We'll, our shareholders are going to do very well. So that's our preference. But again, I can't say someone might uh, make a, a, a bid for us along the way. And I can certainly see that a gold mining company would be interested in greening up their um, their their product line by uh, adding, and these are precious metals, uh, but by adding the greener precious metals to their, to their suite of, uh, and then of course the other potential, another obvious potential is of course the uh, South African mining companies that want to diversify internationally to safer jurisdictions.
And yeah, where, where the, they can. Yeah, I mean, they're, 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 I know they're big on the palladium and platinum um, down there, and they've got the experience to build mines too. Yes. Who in your team has got the experience to build this out? Well, um, I've started six companies in my career um, from scratch. Four of those got to production. The other two got sold before at the feasibility stage. So um, I've been through it before, not as, as the operator, but as the financier. Um, Drew Angwell, our chief operating officer. So he was one of the key guys when they built the Detour Gold Mine in Ontario. Um, previous to that, he was the mine manager at Port Guerra at, uh, for uh, Barrick in, in Papua New Guinea. Uh, and and uh, previous to that, he was a, a company called Placer Dome, which was acquired by Barrick. And for them, he did several startup mines. So he's probably built a half a dozen mines in his career. So he's our chief operating officer. Um, and so between the two of us, and we've got two directors also who have hands-on experience uh, building mines. So they serve an advisory role to us. Um, one of those is, is uh, Cashel Meager. He's the chief operating officer at HUD Bay. Uh, the other one is, is on the accounting side is Paul Murphy, who's the chairman of Alamos Gold. Okay. So you, you definitely don't feel you need a partner to come on board to help you build this thing. You've got the team to do it. That's what we're saying. We think we have the start of the team to build it. Obviously, we would have to flesh that team out in order to uh, if we're if we're going to be building it ourselves. So we have uh, on the timeline. We expect our goal is to get our permits about a year from now. So we've been at it. We we think that we can get it a year from now. So that gives us that year to do two things. One is to arrange the financing. The second one is to do the detailed engineering which you need to have in order to start building. And if it takes that takes six or seven months. So we don't wanna wait on that until we have our permits. We wanna start that this year as well. And um, we have about $13 million in the bank. Uh, so we will need a little bit more to build it. Although we have uh, about $4 million in warrants uh, coming that are well in the money um, in, coming up in July. So. We're very close to having enough money. We, we think we need to get all the way through to permitting and final engineering. We need about $20 million. So we're very close to that now uh, with the warrants that will be coming in. And, and uh, we would have to do another small financing. We may do a larger financing, but um, not, 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 not right now. We're going to wait and see what the fallout from the uh, feasibility study is because we think it's going to be very positive. Okay. I mean, what do you, again, I'm just trying to come back to what, what, is, what are people missing? $100 million market cap do they think that you are overstating the time frame here because you've only really you've been at this with since late 2018 i mean it's unusual no, we to get a feasibility acquired. study done in two years i mean or three years wow we we no we only acquired this project um we only got possession in july of 19 so we 19. only had it for 18 yes okay so okay <laughs> turns the heat up on that question even more. So do you think people are thinking, well, there's no way they can in 18 months plus one year deliver a feasibility, you know, definitive effective, well, definitive feasibility you know, study? We'll show them that we are and, and we're using some of the best firms on the uh, in the business. Uh, between G-Mining, Asenko is doing our plant for us. They're well known. Um, Night Peacehold is doing all of our tailings. And those are the big three areas, the, the mine, the mill and the tailings. And we've got some of the top firms in the world doing them for us. So um, 
and they're not cutting any corners. And our instructions to them was, we want to know how much this is going to cost. We don't want like a best case scenario here. We want to know what the real cost is going to be. Interesting. Well, I appreciate your time today, Kerry. Uh, like I said, new, new story. There's, you seem to have done a lot very quickly. A few more deliverables to go, but once you get those over the line, I think people will start paying attention here. Yeah, well, um, a typical company at our stage of development trades somewhere between 30 and 50% of their net present value discounted. Um, we're trading at less than 10. So um, we think that um, we will be re-rated. Uh, if you look at the famous Lasan curve, we're kind of in that trough uh, that, that shows up around the feasibility study time. So we're going to have that if people believe that we can get our permitting and our financing together. And I mean, I've raised money before. I've, I've probably raised a billion and a half dollars in my career. Um, uh, the companies that I founded, um, one company in particular, Thompson Creek, uh, we raised $700 million in 2006. So I, I mean, I, I, I can raise this money. This, this, there's no question. And there's way more options for raising money today than there were back then. In those days, it was debt and equity. That's all you had. Now you have streaming and private equity and and you have offtake partners and um, countries actually, uh, uh, they know that they need palladium in order to continue to build cars. Uh, people don't really turn that to, to mind how important it is, but uh, it's one of the few metals that you cannot build a car without today. Appreciate your time, Kerry. Stay in touch. Let us know how you're getting on. Um, I'm excited to uh, hear what's coming up in 2021. Well, I appreciate your uh, questions. They were good. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.